0: The epistle reading for today comes from Romans chapter 9, and it will serve as our sermon text. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today's message is from Romans chapter 12 that Vicar read for us just a few moments ago. Well, it is true we continue in our Made Right sermon series this Pentecost season with a new theme for the day that is entitled The Right Marks. I know that at first glance, or at least the hearing of it this morning, it probably was a little daunting, for it is full of law. In fact, today's text reminds me of an old southern proverb that goes something like this. If you spend your time doing the do's, you don't have time to do the don'ts. Truly, the list of dues today is quite extensive. Paul is thorough, but not suffocating. Still, even though we know what Paul is saying is well and good, at the same time, well, the law, it can be burdensome. For the thought of actually having to love one another all the time, wow, that can make us just weary thinking about it. So we're going to pause for just a few moments today to take a short but closer look at this list that Paul gives us, these things that are described as the right marks of the Christian faith. Now Paul starts this out with an overall summary by saying this, let love be genuine. All that follows after this is a result of genuine love. Each and every command that Paul gives draws its lifeblood from love. The command to love one another is one that is given by Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed, where he says to his disciples and to us today, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, all peoples will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. As we go forward, keep this sentence in mind. Now, Paul continues today by saying, abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Indeed, love only wants what is best for the object of its affection. Thus evil is obviously going to be rejected, and good is desired and maintained. But Paul bids us to show brotherly affection for one another. This means that we should consider each and everyone who believes as part of the family And I know that I say this in jest from time to time, but you don't have to like me, but you've got to love me. After all, I'm family. And boy, that makes me feel good. Now to show honor to one another is to consider others better than yourself. And Paul will reiterate this in verse 16. But it simply means to not think too highly of yourself or haughty, as Paul puts it. And that can be really hard sometimes, especially when that other person in front of you is being a real rascal. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. What does Paul mean by do not be slothful in zeal? That sounds a bit confusing. Well, you might remember that Paul wrote in chapter 10... About his unbelieving kinsmen. He said they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. To be slothful in zeal is to have a zeal without knowledge. It's having that profound desire to serve one another without realizing that we serve because Jesus has served and loved us. In the end, to become serving without the gospel. And it produces a sort of fanaticism that will eventually just crush your soul. Because all you will be left with is works righteousness. And that brings no hope at all. To be fervent in spirit means to love and trust that the Holy Spirit is already in you. And then to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Not only in your actions, but in your thoughts and your words. If you let the Holy Spirit lead, you are sure to serve the Lord and each other. But that's what Paul says, right? He says, serve the Lord. Well, Jesus says, truly I say to you as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Service to one another is service to the Lord. The call to service is a call to not only think of others before yourselves, but that when you see a need which you can actually care for, go ahead and do it. Which means that if you're able to serve, we shouldn't just sit back and let everyone serve us. Now Paul continues this way. He says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. To rejoice in hope is to realize that the hope given us by Jesus is not like the hope of the world. This hope is something to rejoice over, especially in times of adversity. For the hope of Jesus Christ is nothing less than the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection from the grave, and life everlasting with the eternal God. It is a sure and certain thing for those who believe And the joy of this hope provides your foundation for peace and patience. Patience is something that usually grows over time as we develop. It is tested and it is shaped not only by adversity, but also by just simply waiting. The sure and certain hope we have in Jesus Christ, that resurrection from the dead and new heaven and earth to come, well, that is our foundation from which springs not only gratitude, but patience and rejoicing, even while we wait. For we know that what we receive or experience today, even if it is imperfect, will one day be perfect. And why would Paul bid us to be constant in prayer? especially for one another. Well, have you not noticed that what you pray for is what you desire? What you pray for, you don't hate. To pray with one another and for one another is loving one another. It makes it so much harder to be angry with one another. It makes it easier for us to contribute to the needs of the saints, to seek and show hospitality, as Paul writes. It is true, we should seek to see each other's needs met and provide generously to meet them. But that is not just the giving of money, for in the context of genuine love, this generosity means it is the giving of your time, your expertise, and yes, your heart, to care for one another, After all, how would we hope to rejoice and weep with one another without actually being engaged with one another? Without engagement, there is no opportunity for rejoicing or weeping and no opportunity to show and tell the love of God in Christ Jesus to each other. Paul brings up the context of persecution next. And whether that is persecution from somebody outside the faith or somebody who is inside the faith, love shows itself the same way. For Paul bids us to provide no retaliation. Be patient. Be patient with one another is easier when you pause to consider What must have gone on in the life of the person in front of you that would cause them to attack you? But more than that, patience in the face of persecution is born in the realization that you have been 100 times worse towards God than they are being towards you at this moment. And how has God responded towards you? He has placed his son on the cross of Calvary to suffer and die for you. Patience and kindness in the face of persecution comes from being so grounded in your identity as a forgiven sinner that you do not take their words or actions personally, even if they are meant personally toward you. Then you can bless and not curse. You can seek and desire what is best for another. And all of this is consistent with genuine love. Now to live in harmony with one another, to not be haughty and associate with the lowly, to never be wise in your own sight, to repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable and in the sight of all, Paul summarizes it as this. So far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. In our sin-infected lives and world, this is what we are called to do in our love for one another. Now I know your head is spinning. And even after all that Paul has said, he adds even more. For he says, beloved, that's you. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. People of God, the point we are to share in love with each other is this vengeance is indeed God's, not yours. But remember, the Father has already taken out His vengeance upon His Son on the cross of Calvary. Forever! His love for us in the saving act is the real foundation and power that drives our love for one another. This power isn't found in you until the Holy Spirit enters in through the waters of your baptism, through faith. His Holy Spirit provides the strength to do all of these things in abundance. If you would only pause and ask. And what is the end result of our asking? Well, Paul puts it this way. Genuine love. Love. Granted, you and I will never do genuine love perfectly, but the right marks of the Christian life will be evident before us all as we go forward in life together. This list that Paul puts forth today are the right marks of the Christian life, and we are called to live them with each other so that those who witness our love for one another will want it as well. I believe the vicar put in his first sermon, we're supposed to make people jealous of what we have. These are the things we get to work on together in our life together in order that we might then in turn show Jesus to more people. In light of our new strategic plan, you can say that these are the marks of the awakened heart and a transformed life. These right marks of the Christian life are nurtured by the hope of the resurrection and life forever in the new heaven and new earth to come. So take heart, even though you will not do them perfectly, there really isn't a chance you're going to do them perfectly. So get over yourself. But the forgiveness that we show to each other and the love that we just allow to abound it will point people to the hope we have in Jesus Christ It is this hope that forges the patience within us especially in our suffering And the hope of the new heaven and earth to come allows us to take what we do receive and be grateful for it and rejoice Remembering that even if it is imperfect today, one day it will be perfect. Remember that patience produces perseverance, and then character. Character, not the type that acts out when it is acted upon, but the type of character that exudes patience and courage and confidence And peace, peace that abides within only because it has been won for us and given to us through the cross of Calvary, then we will learn that we can rejoice in every circumstance, not because life is easy, but because of Christ. When you are looking forward, you will see that the present sufferings really, truly are not anything to compare to the joy that awaits us. We can rejoice because we already have eternal and everlasting life. It just isn't quite visible yet, it's hidden behind bodies that decay and die. But God sees, God knows, and God cares for us in death and brings us eternal life by his grace alone, through faith in Jesus alone. Paul today calls it genuine love. It's an outward focus, others first before me, and that can be tiring for us, but take heart. It is not tiring for God. So lean on Him. For God is love. And as Paul tells us, love is patient and kind and giving. (laughs) It gives good for evil. God gave up His good and perfect Son for us, His evil enemies. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, even though it does most certainly desire reciprocation. But love continues to bear all things. It is willing to bear the burdens to lessen the burden of others. For love has borne your sins on the cross. Love believes all things Paul has already said we cannot search out God's wisdom and knowledge, but yet we can trust. Because he promises us that he is always working for our good. Love never fails. Ah. We can always count on God. He is faithful. He is just. He is true, and His love never ends. Love hopes all things because despair is already defeated. Because we know that God has already cared for us eternally through His Son. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, Because it only wants the best for us. It is not irritable or resentful. It understands our imperfections. In fact, love has died for our imperfections. And love rejoices in the truth. For The truth is Jesus and Jesus is the life of the world. Therefore, the truth is life. And who would not rejoice in life? Best of all, as I've already said, love never ends. You cannot stop love from loving the object of its affection, and that is you. So soak in the love of Christ and let his power. His genuine love for you be the genuine love that you now reflect and show to others. Because by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, this brings us to our weekly awakening question, which is more of a statement this week. It is simply this. Share with one another how you will show genuine love to your community this week. Blessed be the name of the Lord, for his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.